You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Ask Drone You. My name is Paul. And my name is Rob, and we are grateful that you're hanging with us today. Really excited to be diving in. This is a little bit more sort of business oriented in terms of how do you make yourself valuable to all of the clients that you would love to have out there. Yeah, this is going to be uh, this is going to be a good one. It's also going to be talking about how do you fight the perception of when someone says, "Hey, um, I think we might just do this in-house and figure it out ourselves." This is we're it's it, just the, that idea, that that comparison, right? If you're going after clients, let's say in construction, and you want to offer services to them, and then they're considering doing everything in-house, is there a way? to essentially utilize calibrated questions and maybe ensure that they don't go that route. We've seen clients back and forth. We've seen the mm -hmm. larger construction companies build the programs because they have the time and they have the money to do it. We've seen smaller construction companies attempt to build the programs and kind of fail miserably. So how can DSPs showcase their quality, their skill and their value in a way that makes things look difficult, in a way that per makes the perception seem like maybe we can't do that on our own. Again, it all comes down to perception. So we are gonna be talking about that. Uh, and we are also going to be talking about um, you know, some of the costs involved because the question asker says, it seems like it's kind of cheaper to build a drone program than hire a drone pilot. I'm not sure that I, I agree with that. So Depends. I, I think it could probably go either way, but I would tend to agree with you in general. I think it also comes down to the team as a whole. Sure. I've seen that with a lot of our enterprise trainings. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been doing a lot more enterprise trainings recently, and it's, uh, it's just really fascinating how the success of the program as a whole completely depends on the team members and the team members' willingness yeah. to learn literally so uh yeah so this is gonna be this is gonna be a good one it's gonna be a good show how do you market yourself and how do you ensure that your clients don't try to build their own drone programs and utilize your company uh, as well it's also a really really good point i'm just gonna kind of segue here this is a really good point of why it's so important to be continuously learning to going deeper 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 ensure that you're ahead of the curve and you know more than your clients that's why drone you is built the way it is this is why it's 47 bucks a month and not $2,500 for a two-day seminar where you don't really learn anything that you need to learn. In fact, we got a uh, we got an email on that, and I'm not really sure if we should read that or not. I don't think so. Yeah, we'll, I don't we'll, think so. We'll refrain, Just be careful refrain. out there what you're spending thousands of dollars on. We'll say that. Especially in the drone industry exactly. and when it comes to training. But exactly. that being said, I think this goes to show why it's so important to be constantly learning and to be constantly growing. You know, I read something from Founder yesterday, Rob, that really made me think deep and hard. And it's like whenever you're in sports, you have a coach or you have a mentor or you have someone who's setting goals for you. They're giving you homework because you're constantly pushing yourself to learn more and more. So why don't you use the same system in business, coaches to set up goals, you know, podcasts to learn more or schools to teach you more. This is why we built Drone You because we know if you want continued success over the life of your business to truly live the life of your dreams, it's going to take hard work, but we can ease 
that pain. We can make it easier for you so success comes easier, but it's only to those who have an open mind. I could go so deep on all the uh, theoretical and ideological rabbit trails right now, but before we do that, let's go ahead and get into today's question, which is actually from one of our Drone U members, Adrian who had me give him a nice kick in the butt after a, consulta- a consultation in California. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's a Spanish thing. There's this TV show. I believe it's in Mexico City. And uh, essentially, like, it's a good That's luck funny. thing to kick someone in the ass. Oh, so you're talking literally. I literally kicked him in the ass. <laughs> he asked me to. That he was like, like can Adrian. we please do this? And I'm like, are you sure? Like, I'm not being punked right now, am I? <laughs> like, <laughs> And then he showed That's me the funny. TV show, and I was like, I'll kick you in the ass if you want me to kick you yeah, in the ass. I might have a little bit too much fun with this. <laughs> no, I went easy on him. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, there was no karate uh, kicking here. <laughs> That's probably best. Could have been a setup, too. Yeah, it totally could. <laughs> Anyways, pay particular attention to the last part of his question. I think that part of the question is, is just really well said and well phrased, and I think kind of gets to the heart of um, what's going on here with this particular issue. Hey, Paul. Hey, Rob. This is Adrian with Cascadian Aerial Robotics from Redmond, Washington. My primary focus is the construction industry and mapping. And obviously, I want return business and long-term contracts to be the norm rather than the exception. That being said, my main competitors are my customers themselves when they decide to build an in-house UAB program. So my questions are, Beyond the obvious highlighting of the experience and the resources of a full-time drone pilot, what are some strategies and facts to convince them to outsource their aerial operations versus running their own program, which is obviously at a lower cost? And secondly, why are some companies returning to drone service providers after investing in in-house programs? All right, guys, keep the good work creating massive impact in the drone industry. And I'll see you here uh, for the Seattle mapping class. Cheers. Cheers indeed, Adrian. Thank you for calling in with your question. I think it's a a really good question. Um, You know, it's interesting. I had asked people to pay attention to the second part or sort of the end of his question prior to listening to it. And I think that's a pretty profound part of the question because in some sense, I think you answer – the question yourself in terms of how to approach it. At least that's what I heard. So one of the things that you said is some strategies and facts, which I appreciate you asking it that way, kind of not letting us off the hook <laughs> of, of uh, kind of just theoretical stuff. But digging into that particular question, I think, is, is where the, the primary answers are as far as why have some companies started their own drone programs train pilots, maybe even brought in people specifically to be pilots, who knows, and then scrapped it. I'm curious to talk to those folks and figure out why, but I think we have some ideas as to why. As to why companies are deciding to use their own pilots, maybe it's data security. And then scrap it. Oh, yeah. Right, because that was the point of his, the end of his question was, why are some companies starting their own drone program, but then they're going back to DSPs after giving it a try? Because therein lies the answer to the question, because that's sort of the data that you would need. For example, if you were able to talk to a couple of the companies that did that and ask them why. Why did you start your own drone program, train pilots, do whatever you did to get your drone program going, and then scrap it? What happened? What did you see? What did you not like? What were the costs that you didn't expect? 
those are a lot of the answers that you would be able to then give to other companies that you want to work for and with that are thinking about doing the same thing. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? What are some of those things? I guess that's the question. Oh, there, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to unpack there. I'm not really sure where to, where to start, but I mean, again, I think this comes down to if they're building drone teams and then they're figuring out that it's not working or they're not getting what they want, they, it could be a multitude of issues. It could be that people didn't pay attention in classes and they forgot exactly how to export their points and get them into AutoCAD. Maybe it's that, um, their team is not consistent and they didn't build a standard operating procedure to essentially ensure um uh, gosh Mm -hmm. there's so much there's so much like going here um you know they didn't ensure the maintenance protocol so all their batteries don't work anymore or maybe what happened is again you didn't have someone paying attention they were on their cell phone during the class we're talking about battery maintenance and how to amortize everything appropriately and also not amortize that's the wrong word um, but essentially how to plan for battery maintenance and then let's Mm -hmm. say that they didn't do that they let a battery sit on the shelf for four months they never cycled it and they discharged it to let's say 30 percent or 20 percent like they just killed the battery and put it on the shelf and then they charge that battery up and the next flight they do they have a voltage error and then the drone falls out of the sky and now there's a liability issue and even though that liability issue is a big problem for the company now it was caused by something extremely simple as the guy wasn't paying attention in class he didn't listen to how to you know properly maintain your batteries they had a voltage error the drone dropped hit something fire now lawsuit. Yeah. I mean, it can literally be that small of a detail. It can be. It can be. And I think you brought up a really great point, and that is standard operating procedures. And so what what comes to mind for me is uh, various things, but one of the primary things is companies that, that do well long-term, they understand what their strengths are and what they're good at. And typically they have built a team, whether it's a team of 10 or a team of 1,000, they've built teams and this group of people that are equipped, experienced, skilled in, et cetera, to perform the primary tasks that make that company go, right? Yeah. And so what we see a lot is we see a lot of these companies, say a construction company, say, Johnny over there is young. He played video games. How hard is it to fly a drone? He can come do this for us and it'll be cheaper. And then I think some of those are the folks that are realizing, yeah, it's more complicated than we thought it was. Johnny's a great kid, but that's not why we brought him here. Why are we having him fly a drone and try to get all the great information that we can from that process when ultimately it's probably costing us more to take him away from something that he's actually good at and try to have him do this as opposed to... Bob over here who has a drone service providing company and is really good at that. So, I, you know, you bring up a really good point is another issue with uh, companies bringing on uh, drone programs is that they take people away from their right. existing workflows and their existing operations and try to augment that with drones rather than kind of planting someone in the drone program and saying, okay, we're creating a drone program. You are leading the drone program. All you are doing is figuring out how to best optimize the workflow for the drone program. Mm-hmm. So with that said, I think it's, again, just so imp- that, you know, that's problem number two is that they are not allocating the correct amount of time and resource right. to, you know, solve this problem. Because like you said, drone flying 
has a lot of nuances on its own. But then you add the nuances of processing and right. and photogrammetry work and the workflow that's involved therein. And then, you know, all the legality issues when it comes to verifying accuracies and whatnot. You know, it's one of those things that it's got like you have to literally go all in or not at all. That's why when he said... You know, I know it's probably cheaper for the construction company to start their own program. I don't see it that way. Not if they do it right. Yeah, not. You know? I don't see it that way at all. Yeah. I think it, the, that as a drone pilot and as someone where he's going out, like, for example, if he has a video where he's marketing himself as a drone pilot to do construction progression reporting, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to create a long video and I'm going to explain the process and I'm going to use a lot of vernacular that may not be understood and I'm going to try to make it look long and hard and difficult. Mm -hmm. And maybe what I do is I create a five minute long video where the first minute is just a quick bang, 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 bang. My name is, you know, Adrian Padilla. This is whatever drone company here in Seattle, Washington. And we focus on providing data analytics from the sky. Never before have you seen accurate information straight from pictures, but yet photogrammetry has been around for over 100 years. Mm -hmm. So why aren't construction companies using it? Well, we see more and more construction companies utilizing data from the sky to analyze and measure um, piles, calculate volumes, conduct linear measurements, permanent record of installation, a visualization of the progression report over time to use for marketing and investment relations to a slur of other things. The issue is, is that when we, as drone pilots, it's not just flying a drone and pressing a button. It's processing. It's outputting a deliverable. It's manufacturing and manipulating that deliverable to look good, to create marketing materials and whatnot. This is a workflow. It's a process with nuances in every single step of that process. It's not easy, but because of our time, experience, and repetitive nature, we have mastered this for our clients. Right. We have mastered doing it. We have mastered processing it. We have mastered delivering it. And we have mastered providing those deliverables to our clients in a form that works for them. Absolutely. And again, it's what drone service providers spend their days and, and in many cases, their evenings and nights mm -hmm. working towards versus the great kid, Jimmy, who came into your company to have some value relative to the construction work that the company does. And so I think part of it is it's just folks, leaders of these companies, sort of minimizing ultimately, whether they realize it or not, minimizing the complexity and or the value of flying drones for their business. 100%. Right. And so that's that's the education that you've got to get through. And, and part of that is certainly using some of the strategies Paul's talked about in terms of how you present the information and, and buzzwords and so forth, but also... What additional value can you bring from your flying that Jimmy isn't going to be able to bring because he just doesn't have the experience? And we, by the way, we've come across some companies that are larger that have put a single person in charge of their drone program mm -hmm. that are very smart and they are effectively operating like a DSP. Yeah, pretty much. But I much. think that's the exception. But, uh, you know, you brought something up earlier when you were saying, you know, like, hey, we know the military loves hiring drone pilots who were first-person shooters or loved playing... Um, uh, video games that are first-person shooters. And I feel like you have to further differentiate from that. It's not just, hey, you're good at Halo, come work for me. No, it's, sure. hey, you're good at Halo, you have an adept for learning, you're easy, you're flexible, you have a lifelong earning to learn more and better yourself, and you're able to focus, right? That's a totally different kid than someone who's got ADD out the wall, can't figure out which medications help him, which <laughs> I totally understand, I've been there. Um, and at the same time, they can't 
can't focus. They're not getting things done. They're not delivering on time and they're not consistent. And hey, look, I'll be the first person to say at the beginning of this industry, that was totally me. Yeah. That was me. I mean, like, we are all prone to make things seem simple that we don't understand. Sure. That's why I think there's a certain level of education that you have to provide to the client to say, look, there are nuances and thousands of problems that can happen that literally can cause endless liability for a company. That's why you need a professional pilot who's been working with these nuances, who's been working with the airspace and the Federal Aviation Administration to have a firm understanding of where I can fly, when I can fly, and what I can collect. But not only on top of that, a deep understanding of photogrammetry and the processing and workflow therein, Mm -hmm. because not every project is easy, cut and dry. You need someone who knows how to do photogrammetry in a forest, which got to use zero points. So, yeah. And and you're uh, so a lot of pilots in the DSP world are um, great photographers, for example. So. Are you going to teach Jimmy to be a photographer as well? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of... And then are you going to teach him to be a photogrammetrist? Right. And then are you going to teach him to be a videographer? And then are you going to teach him how to use Final Cut Pro? And then, oh, you want him to do a hyperlapse with your drone? So he's got to learn Photoshop too. So, okay, he's got to learn Photoshop. He's got to learn Final Cut Pro. He's got to learn Pix4D. He's probably going to have to learn AutoCAD. Then he's probably going to have to learn, uh, what did I miss? Photoshop, Final Cut Pro, Pix4D. Pix4D Capture, Operating a Drone, DJI Go 4, DJI Assistant, um, the Drone Zone, the FAA stuff, Lance, Skyward, UA Sidekick, whatever it is. Like, there are, I mean, this is so funny because I was thinking of this last night and um, I was just, I really had kind of had this epiphany and this may sound really, really silly to you, Rob, but this is something where I was just like, oh, that's how you explain it. Like, I just had this like thought that's like burning in my mind and it was like, you know, I've never quite understood why you should create habits. I like really was just like, you create habits because, okay, it makes life easier. But I didn't really understand that habits lead to routines, which lead to you being able to do a lot more work down the line with a lot less thought. So mm-hmm. it, it becomes that you can do more and more, more and more and more. Yes. But the reason that you create habits is you create habits not because you have a perfect memory. You create habits because your memory is fallible. You create habits because when you forget where you put that black mouse, you have a habit of it always goes in the same pocket in your backpack. So when you forgot where you put it, the chances are that it's actually in your backpack where you put it last time. You just forgot that you would actually put it back. Oh, if I could only teach my kids this. (laughs) This was the epiphany I had last night. I was like, ah, because I've been like, I've been so inundated with work. I've literally been forgetting so many like, like minuscule tasks and things. And I'm just, you know, lately I've been like, I'm so glad I've been creating habits the last five years of my life because man this is really making things a lot easier because i was like oh i'm missing my missing the mavic 2 blah 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 blah. right went right into the locker mavic 2 backpack right there yeah absolutely so it's great like i said there's there's tools in my garage that are supposed to be in a particular place that aren't but I'm not bitter. It's so funny Anyways. because like I, I rented Rob's house from him one, one 4th of July weekend. <laughs> rented. Used. Ideologically rented. Anyways. <laughs> and when I walked in, I walked into their house, um, he had this like uh, foyer, but it was cabinets and like you had this uh, thing on the wall, calendar, keys, all this, and everything had a place. <laughs> and I just, and Sarah walks in there and she's like, 
this is so relaxing. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, look it. how much stuff there is everywhere. And she's like, but it's all put away. It all has a place. Every, he knows where it is, like, <laughs> That's true. Where, like where it needs to go. So whenever he needs it, it's right there. Yeah. And yes. I was just like, you think about these things. I was like, I don't. <laughs> this is not my world. <laughs> yeah. But then I started thinking about it. I was like, damn woman, you're right. <laughs> we need this too. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So, it's funny. And you know, there are things like keeping up with the technology, right? Somebody who is a DSP, they are going to constantly be involved in the world of drones and, and knowing what the new and better technology is, which ones you need and which ones you don't. Yeah. I mean, even if you're going to use somebody in your company that's not sort of full time running the program, then they're probably going to need a consultant, somebody who is working in the industry every day. So you're going to pay for that probably. Anyways, it's a lot to think about, but I think, Adrian, there's a lot of leverage that you have. And again, I just would circle back to you, you, you apparently know of some cases in which companies tried and it didn't work. I'd really maybe dig in with those companies and try to figure out why. Heck, I'd like to. And I think that might be something that we'll pursue is try to find some of those companies and learn more from them. There's there's so much going on out there. It there really is. it really is. It's an ebb and flow. It's and, fun. Yeah, and again, you know, it's not so cut and dry as other writers make it out to be. There, it's a very complex system, and systems of systems where, like you know, exa- we're just talking right now. Some companies, like some of the companies that are doing enterprise training with us, are very large construction companies, but they have the time, the resources, and the right people to make it work. I would say if it's construction companies doing less than 50 million a year, it, they probably don't have the resources to really build a drone program that's going to build value. Right. So yeah. anyway, well, I think we, uh, I think we knocked this one out of the park and I think that we helped Adrian out greatly. Adrian, we will see you in Seattle in about six hours. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> At least that's when you leave, right? Yeah, I'm, this is Wednesday, uh, and I am I am about to jet set to Seattle and then go home to go visit with my rents and the feds. <laughs> you! <laughs> but anyway, thank you for joining us. Um, thank you for leaving us a review. We really do appreciate it. If you've been leaving a review, just know that I'm going to be seeking you out to say thank you. And we are going to be doing more and more here at DroneU. We're really excited, actually, for some things that are coming out soon. So stay with us. Please share the show with someone. It means the world to us. Like, if, if you ever want to say, like, thanks, Paul and Rob. You really helped us. Share the show with someone else. Because we see people all the time thanking us in different forums, forums that we're not even a part of. And it just means the world. Like if you share something about us, like link the show, askdroneu.com. It's super easy. So anyway, thank you so much. And we will uh, catch you next time. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.